Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I was going to ask, do you make more money on the YouTube than you, than you have in your soccer career? Yeah, that's a good question. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Chump Chat. It's your boy, Johan Gomez, alongside my co-host, Tanner Testament. And we have a very, very special guest, the founder of Become Elite, the very popular Become Elite YouTube channel, as well as professional footballer, Matt Sheldon. Thank you for coming on, Matt. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, excited to chat. Of course, of course. And if you guys are new here, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. I mean, coming off, let's start with the with the career. Obviously, you're in you're in a new team, the battery. But let's start with last season. Um, obviously, we were just talking about it playing against Jogo a bunch uh, back at FC Tulsa. But uh, also, your probably your most successful season to date: two goals, three assists, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit opposite than you guys. I'm a little bit of a late bloomer. You guys have you guys' careers have both kind of uh, just exploded really early on, which is awesome. Uh, so I think that like for me, it really didn't click at the pro level until like probably I was 27, and I felt like last year was definitely my best season by far. When I was just most confident on the pitch, and uh, yeah, hopefully just keep on keeping that up for as long as I can, you know. Of course, that of course. Good, bro. Um, we're just trying to find a, a, com- a little bit of a common ground here. So me and Tan actually both have been to camp with uh, Matteo Ritaccio. That's now your teammate on loan from Liverpool. Shout out, Matteo. That was my roommate at that camp, actually. How have you found him um, as a teammate, I guess? <laughs> he's awesome. He's goofy. <laughs> he's a goofy guy. He's, he, he's really funny. No matter what, like every day, we're always kind of making fun of him in the locker room just because he's a young kid. He means really well. He's got a really good heart. But uh, we're always kind of like poking fun, just as you poke fun at everybody. But he's always, he likes to like put himself in the center of attention and kind of take a lot of that, which is funny. How did you guys uh, find him at the U.S. Youth National Team camps? I I mean, this guy, this guy, John, is goofy as well. So they got along really well. But (laughs) but yeah, he's he's a a good player. I thought he played well, came on in our our game versus the UE and scored a goal. So I really Mm -hmm. liked him. I keep in touch with him. I'm a Liverpool fan, so obviously I got different connection with him. But, but yeah, yeah. I actually, no, he, he, go on. Sorry, I actually had him as a roommate. And I found him not to be as goofy, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. But maybe he's changed a little bit more. But I, I remember he was always complaining about the English food because he used to live with like a host family, and he was like, "Bro, the English food is so bad." He was always complaining about it, so I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I will say, like, it probably took him like a couple of weeks to open up. Like, you know, there's guys immediately who are talking, laughing, cracking jokes for him. It probably took like three, four weeks. And then all of a sudden he, his personality really came out, which is really, really funny. He's a good player, really, really talented. Uh, he just, he's coming back from a little injury, but I think he, he'll be big for us in the next, like, or actually hopefully for the rest of the season, once he's back. Is that why he's not in the squad now? Like yeah. I've, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. Just- struggling with nothing nothing major but you know just whenever you're in preseason you're ramping up like that just sometimes the body just doesn't handle that well all right guys football might be over the season but college and pro hoops are in full swing for all the latest odds totals player performances props to where the next fired coach is going to land bt online has all your betting needs head over to the website of your mobile de- device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code Believe B L E A V to get started. Yeah, yeah. You came off a kind of a rough, a rough last game, huh? Double yellow. <laughs> yeah, What's that was just dumb, stupid mistakes. First mistake, like it, it was just like I thought it was a hard tackle. And I think this year, for whatever reason, I think in the USL they've been they've really ramped up giving out yellow cards. I think there's been like the, our first game we had eleven yellow cards in a game, and I didn't think it was a particularly like bad game at all and then there's just like been the most yellows ever to a start in the usl season and i don't know if they're cracking down on something or what's going on but it was a hard tackle i found fouled this winger um pretty tough just like knee went into his thigh and definitely was a foul but then got a yellow really early on and then atlanta kind of just started switching the play the wingers are flying at the fullbacks over and over again and that's always tough when you're on a yellow and they get the, the winger took a big touch. This is like in the 45th minute plus one or something. And it was like riding between us. 
and I hesitated for a second because I was like, oh, I'm on a yellow. But then I'm like, oh, it's a 50-50. I have to go through this. And that little hesitation was a half second late, came into the slide tackle late, fouled him. That one was 100% a yellow. And then I had to get that one. And yeah, I got sent off, which was my first red card of my career, which is frustrating because I've never had to sit out because of this. But yeah, it was the first time for everything, you know? Yeah, I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah, Tanner got a red card. This is Nidji Tanner. Yeah, the first I, – I have a title, though. You know, I, I'm the first American to get a red card in Serie A. So it's like a cool-ish thing. But, man, mm-hmm. I feel you. It's it's so bad sitting out, like, the 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 prep for the game. Like, obviously, you could train the first couple of days of the week. But then when it some comes to the, the trainings for the games and the tactics and you have to sit out mm-hmm. or train on the side, it's like – it's so bad. And that's what that I hate that the most. Like, I don't know, in the game, you're, you're full of emotion and whatever the red card is, you know, you try to play your best. You're not like intentionally getting trying to get a red, but yeah, it's like the worst. And I mean, it depends on what position you're in as well. Like you could lose your spot, you know, if a guy plays well or you just don't want to give up, you know, you want to keep your, your rhythm going and, and try to get as many opportunities as you can. So, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough coming off a of red, but who do y'all have next? I, I know the USL definitely has it's ramped up and I, I want to get into this as well. Like what your goals have been as a player, but we can get into this after, but how do, how do you see the season going for you guys and yourself uh, individually? Yeah. Uh, we, it's definitely a very different team than, than Tulsa because Tulsa was very, it was older, a lot more experienced, uh, kind of keep the ball a lot and just a lot of players just coming from different leagues with a lot of experience. So it was kind of like very, it was very tactical, and like, we didn't really have like a, a, like a real identity. It was kind of just like, oh, we have a lot of experience in the team. Let's all just play how we all kind of want to play on the field. And then here it's, it's almost like the opposite. We have a really young, really athletic team. And like, I'm the oldest guy on this team, which is crazy. I've never been in that role before. And I'm only 29, which just shows how young the team is. And uh, before you guys make fun of, you know, 29 for being old, 29 is still young. And like, it's just weird because we have such a young team. So there's a lot of like tactical stuff that I feel like we're still learning and still have to get, but when stuff is firing and I think as soon as we get that, those tactics kind of nailed down, I think that this team could be really good, but it is like, we're in that beginning of that learning curve, you know? Well, let me ask you if, if uh, the schedule that I saw was correct, didn't you guys already play Tulsa and did you guys beat them? Mm-hmm. How was that? Yeah, was that like, was huge. that was nice. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys ever played against like one of your old former teams before? I know you guys have jumped because you guys are both from Dallas, right? And you went over abroad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never played against my old club. Yeah, it's yeah. This was like one of I've done it a couple times before, and whenever you do that, like it's just so exciting, especially if the like the old coach is still there, some of your old friends and teammates are still there. So it was really like I really, really wanted to to beat those guys, but like you also have a, a lot of respect. You know, you have a lot of respect for the team, a lot of respect for the coaching staff, and everything. So it was uh, like I, I was definitely really amped up and first home game of the season. So I was, I was really pumped for that. Uh, but yeah, to get the win for that game was was huge. And so and that was like a good example of how if things are going well, I think this team could do, be really, really effective. But we just like I said, we're have, we have make some mistakes and make it. I make some mistakes with the red card and stuff. But uh, I think, you know, it can it can work out really well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think y'all have a good team. I, I I seen some of the guys. I follow the league a little bit, so I mean, I think anything's possible as well. Once you make the playoffs and you're in form, teams in form, could go mm-hmm. on a run. But how are you liking? How are you liking Venezia? Hey, I love it, man. It's it's been uh, you know, it's been a journey. It's different, you know, having relegation and obviously we're a team at the beginning of the year, knowing that we were going to be in in the battle. So it's it's definitely it's. It's different for sure, but, you know, we're doing well. The guys are – we're forming together, and we're nine games left, so important games coming up. It's, you know, it's a different atmosphere. It's a different – like, the fans are crazy. So, mm-hmm. you know, we want to do it for the city. We want to do it for the club and the history. So, it's tough, but yeah, living in Italy is amazing. Venice is unbelievable. I don't know if you've ever been, but unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You should definitely come if you have, but it's – it's I've, I've loved it so far, so – yeah. yeah, I went to I visited Venice back in like 2016. I think they were back in like Syria, like C, like the third division yeah. back. Then. But uh, I, I didn't get to see a game because it was right during the summer break. But it, like I right. saw their stadium, walked around and everything. But it's crazy to see their That's rise awesome. up to Syria. Ah. 
Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, we have like one or two players that have been here since they've been like in Serie D or like Serie C, and it's crazy that I don't know, just to think about them leveling up like that and being here along the whole ride of different owners, different coaches, and it's crazy. But yeah, it's definitely been a journey for the guys, and this year has been a journey in itself. And yeah, it's it's been up and down for sure, but you know, we're hoping to, to end on a on a big high. It would, I mean, it'd be massive for everyone on the team. You know, it changed our lives for sure, but. But uh, no, I want to ask you about uh, obviously your playing career, like growing up in America back then, soccer wasn't, you know, they didn't have maybe academies or different options for you to play. Maybe even ODP wasn't as big as a thing when you were coming up. But what was your like ambition when you were playing high school soccer and when you went to college? Uh, what was like the goal for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like. I think like every player always has a, a dream to play pro like one day, like you watch, you know, like for me, it was always like watching Terry on Ronaldinho and those guys where I was like, wow, that would be so cool to play in a world cup. It'd be so cool to do that. But like, kind of like what you said, like where there wasn't an Academy team in the state of Oregon for me growing up, which is just crazy to think about. And there's just like local club teams that train twice a week. And once a week that we would train, it was just running around the track because the other team had the field. So we really only got one ball or one day out of the week to actually train on the field, which is just, so it was all for me, it was just all individual stuff, 1v1s with my brother, just training in like my, my front yard in Portland in the rain all the time. So it was very different than I think a lot of players like growing up now, which is just the growth of, of football in America. It's just been crazy to see over the last like 20 years. Um, so I definitely felt like I got a little like late start to it, a little behind with everything. And so I never was thinking, oh, yeah, it's even going to be a possibility for me to play pro. I was just like, I love this game. I love working out. I love training. I love I'll just see how far I can take it. And I, did, I was told by multiple coaches like, oh, no, you can't play ODP. You can't. You're not good enough for that. You can't play in college. You can't leave, you know, go D1 or anything. And then I just kind of was like, OK, we'll see. I just like, I like it. I'll keep working. I'll keep training. We'll see how far I can take it because I love it. I, I don't care if I have to play, you know, at this local community college or if I can go D1. I just want to keep playing. And all of a sudden, it just like things kept on falling into place with where I was working and sending out highlight videos and, and just doing the, the, scene, the stuff behind the scenes. You know, I go into UC Davis, a D1 school, same thing there. I had no idea like what was going to happen. I just was like, I love it. I love training. I love working hard. I love pushing to see how far I can take it. Found some success there. Got into like the San Jose Earthquakes U23 team, which at that time they were playing in the PDL, which is now the USL League 2. And then again, did well there. And then all of a sudden, like right around there at 21, was like the first time where I was like, oh, wow. Like if I'm performing here for the San Jose Earthquakes U23 team, like the next step is, is the professional level. So I was like, wow, like I could actually go there. So that I, at 21, that was the first time where I actually like thought like it's a realistic pathway to try to go play pro, which I think is very late for a lot of kids to even think about that. So I mainly my whole thought process was I don't care what path I take or where I go, I just really like playing and, and seeing how high of a level I can play for. I like that. So I was always just like, let's see. And even now, like the same exact thing, I'm 29. I, I realized that going to the MLS now is, is the, the opportunity is fading and, and diminishing as I get older, but it's the same thing. I absolutely love training every day out of the field, working, seeing how far I can push my, my body, seeing how far I can take my game and just seeing the, how high of a level I can go to wherever that is. So it's like I still have that same thought of just like, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Just work as hard as you can and everything will fall into place, you know? And that's just what I still think today. Yeah. I think that's so interesting because shout out Brandon Cervenia, our last guest from FC Dallas last week. We were talking about this, Tan. I don't obviously remember about every footballer's moment in which they realize maybe they're just talking about uh, going to college. They're like, okay, this is all I can do. Maybe go D1. And then all of a sudden they're ripping it up in college. They're like, okay, maybe I can go pro. And it's so interesting seeing every footballer's moment that they have. Like you said, maybe you have it at 21, maybe you have it at 25, you know, like you said, and I know that's like also a big part of your channel is you saying that it's not, it's never really too late. Like a lot of people think it's, it's too late, but it's not. And I like how you, uh, you were talking about your age, 29 earlier. Like you said, that's young. Now you see ballers like Ronaldo, Ibrahimovic, you know, I think the, the length of a footballer's career with the technology we have now is really, you know, expanding, getting longer. So and I've seen your videos. Uh, shout out. Obviously, I already shouted out. Come Elite, if you guys want to check him out. We'll link in the description. But, um, 
you're always talking about your routine and your body. You take care of your body really well. Um, so ideally, where do you think you can, how old do you think you can play till? Yeah, honestly, right now, I was talking to some of my teammates about this like the other day because they call me grandpa it, because I'm the oldest on the team. But it's crazy because like I feel just as good as I do now as I felt at 21, 22, like literally the exact same on the field, except for the game is way, way slower. And I feel like astronomically better as a player, but like my, in terms of my body, I feel the same exact as I did at 21. So like in my head, like, I don't think it's crazy to think mid to late thirties now, like what, what's funny is like, I think my body will outlast like my mind and like how long I want to play for, you know, cause playing at the lower divisions is always, uh, is always tough. It comes with like with its own grind, but I think I could play like just with my body, like, yeah, 35, 36, 37, hopefully. And it's, it's crazy to think about that even for me, if like, okay, if I did want to play that long, that's another eight years of, of development, even for you guys. Cause uh, how old are you, Johan? We're, we're both 20. We're both 20. Yeah. yeah. You're both 20. So like, it's crazy for me to think about that. Like, and think about where you guys were like five years ago at 15 and then to think, okay, add another five years, how much you've grown from 15 to 20 as a player and a person, and then think, okay, we'll do that again at, at 25. And then that's how much more growth you're going to have. And then from 25 to 30, and then from 35, or from 30 to 35, that's another like crazy years of development. And like what I've seen, like it just ramps up, like your development and knowledge as a player just keeps ramping up and ramping up. So like your development is just it's just crazy to think about like how much of a better player you can become over the next five, 10 years, you know? So that's like something I always think about. Interesting. Cause in Italy, I mean, we got players, our oldest player is like 39 and he's, I mean, he's a left back played at Juventus big time player. And he's still, I mean, he's, he's one of our most experienced and like solid players. Like when we need a, re a reliable like player to put in and he's always there. So I think it's very interesting. Obviously, I think you definitely take care of your body and do the right thing. So I think it's definitely feasible for you. But, but yeah, it's crazy to hear that because on our team, it's like 29 is like, this is a normal age. Like this is an age where players are in their peak and they're performing well. So it's like, I, I would never say 29 is, is old, but yeah. I, yeah, obviously if you're on a young team, I mean, it, it, I guess it makes sense, but but yeah, yeah and, and most of that too is just like you know them just messing around yeah, yeah. joking throwing whatever but yeah no i i 100 agree i know you uh mentioned pushing towards mos obviously super successful channel 476,000 subs you have is there a point where you get tired of the, of the same questions maybe the people asking you like when are you going to mls when are you going to mls what league do you play in like all the same same questions <laughs> uh a, a little bit like I'd say like it does get a little bit old sometimes but it also means to me that new people are like coming to the channel and and finding my channel for the first time which I always think is really cool to think about that because I think it would be bad if it was the questions started running out or you know nobody was asking those those new questions because it kind of means like oh I'm not picking up a new audience and I've always kind of thought like I don't know why I thought this but like when I was making the YouTube channel I, at first I, I thought that like I would get annoyed like have they not seen my videos and, and then I kind of realized well every year there's a new wave of players like really really falling in love with the game of like really training and taking their diet right and taking care of their body and and want to actually take their you know training to like the professional level so I think that's cool to have that new wave every single month or every single year coming in and finding that so yeah I, I try to answer a lot but it does get a little overwhelming and and sometimes, you know, even with social media, or whatever, there's always like the positive side and negative side with that. But I think for the most part, people are pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. Before we uh, before we get into the channel, can we talk about your experiences of playing in in Germany and New Zealand? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah, can we both. talk about. Yeah. Can we talk about kind of how you made the decision to go to Germany and and what that was like? Because obviously John plays in Germany now. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How uh, Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Mm, ambition Deutsch. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tough language to pick up. The grammar of it, of like the sentence structure, is is insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm 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 in classes now, but I feel like I can, I'm picking it up a lot, but mm -hmm. it's it's tough because I live so I I live and play in the east of Germany, so everyone knows what people say about the east. I have nothing bad to say. I love the people here, 
but the dialect is so different also they say that the west uh like the dialect in, in the west of germany is much easier to understand and pick up mm-hmm. and plus in the west there are like more immigrants and stuff so more people speak english in the east it's almost impossible to find people who speak english because people are older here and they're just straight german so I don't know where you lived uh, exactly. <laughs> straight German. Straight German. Yeah, no, I lived, I lived in, uh, I, I came into, well, I'll start why I went over there in the first place. It, I was basically, um, after that, my senior year of college, I kind of like tried to go the typical, like get into a preseason with MLS team, went to Vancouver Whitecaps too, went to Sacramento Republic. I uh, was supposed to go to OKC Energy, but stuff kind of like didn't come to like fruition. It didn't work out. Uh, so I ended up just go, like going back to school for the summer, tr- stayed in Sacramento, and I just trained with Sacramento Republic for nine months because I felt like I was a little rough around the edges on some stuff. So I really wanted to work on like uh, I was all like a typical American in college too, with a very typical American school, a very direct, very athletic. So stuff like a Rondo to me, I just wasn't at the professional level for that. And so like I needed that nine months at Sacramento Republic, a very uh, build out the back technical team. I needed that to really grow as a player. And so I spent nine months there. And then um, after that, I had this German coach who knew me through one of my old youth coaches that was in kind of the Bay Area of California. And he would come out and watch me play the exhibition games when I was with the Republic and with some um, like PDL games and stuff. And he said, yeah, I could take you over to Germany. Like, I don't know like what your plans are, what you want to do, but I have multiple contacts and from anywhere from the, like up to the Dreite Liga, like where you, where you're playing all the way down to the sixth, seventh division. And like, we can find something for you. We can kind of weasel in the, uh, the visa and we'll, we'll figure it out whatever works for you. So I was like, yeah, sure. Um, I was kind of an idiot and I should have done, I should have left at the start of the season over in Europe, you know, kind of came over in June, July, but I kind of waited all the way to the end of the Republic season in October and went over there. And then I just bounced around going from teams in Mainz, teams in Frankfurt, teams in uh, Pirmasens up to Gießen. I went over to a team in uh, Wolfsburg, uh, like all over and just like in Cologne, Germany. And then like, I just was bouncing all around and it, it, it again, trials all the way from like mostly Regionalliga teams in the fourth division. Okay. And then I had a contract in the Regionalliga apartment, everything set up. I was my, my tourist visa was like right at the end, right at the winter transfer window. And I was like, just all set to sign that. And then the sponsor backed out and I lost it. And I was like, no. And then they're like, yeah, but I have this, my brother owns this sixth division team. We can get you a trial uh, uh contract there you finish out the season come back here and this was in uh like geeson area which is like 45 minutes north of frankfurt mm-hmm. and so I, I finished out the season like like the whole second half of the season with uh sk kinsenbach which is like this little town next to geeson which is just a, a small city outside of frankfurt that's awesome wow. but that's a crazy that is story wild. that is wild but to be fair though germany i think maybe save england but Besides England, I think Germany has the best footballing pyramid in Europe uh, besides England. So I think you were in a perfect place. I don't know what your personal experience was and how much you picked up. But I think, I mean, it must have been a good experience for your footballing development, no? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like, I loved – it was, again, kind of what I needed again because it was so technical, so tactical. You know, everything's so efficient. There's athletic players for sure, but it's mainly, like – it's not just get the ball to the wing and have the winger go 1v1 every single time. It's like, a lot of build up, and I really liked that. Uh, but again, really, really fun. And, and the grinding it out in the lower leagues, it's, it's fun. I experienced promotion relegation, same thing in New Zealand. Um, and it was just, it was a really, really cool experience. And I was going to stay there. I was going to stay there after that season and, and uh, sign with that fourth division team. It was SC Teutonia Watzenberg Steinberg. Long ass name. I was going to stay there and sign with them, but I had the trial and uh, with the Orange County Blues. And it was like in the, uh, in the USL and I was like that's hard to pass up and so I went back to the US and and trialed with them during the your decision to go were you in a relationship with anyone or, or no yeah my now wife <laughs> she's on the couch she's staring at me my uh Mimi she basically stayed with me like as soon as I dropped out of college I had to talk with her like look I have no idea where I'm gonna go I have no idea what's gonna happen I could go to any country any place in the US but if you want to stay with me, we can, but 
I can't promise like stability and I need to go chase this for as long as I, as I want. And, you know, if you want to follow along, I would absolutely love that. But I understand if you don't. And she just stayed along the whole time. And when I was over in Germany, she was back in, I think she was still at Sacramento, like going to school. And we kind of just did the long distance thing for eight, nine months or so. Wow. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Sheldon is semi-famous. I know her from the vlogs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, congrats. I know I know she, you guys recently got married, right? December of last year? Yeah. yeah Big ups to her for, for sticking along. Big ups Real to her. One. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, it's it's been a journey all that, over. Like, dude, yeah. she came down to New Zealand with me. She's been over, she was over in Tulsa with me for three years. Now she's out here in Charleston. But it, it is it's so nice to have that, like to come home from training and to just because I think girlfriends and stuff could be distraction if you're with the wrong person. But I think if you're with yeah. the right person, it's so nice to have that mental break and to come back home and just talk about something other than football, you know? 100%. I, I agree with you 100%. But it is crazy. I mean, the journey that you went on and, I mean, ending up where you are now is, is a big congrats to you and how hard you've been working because a lot of guys would have given up. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys appealing, like it's not appealing to go to Germany and play in a fourth division or to go to New Zealand, like that's not appealing, but you've stuck with it and, and worked through it. And it leads us into the, the YouTube. How, how did you, like, what made you want to start the YouTube channel and, and what was your like thought process of why you wanted to do it? Yeah, I was uh, in college. I was really, this was like right when like blogging was kind of like becoming a thing on YouTube and it still wasn't even really a job. Like now, if you think of a YouTuber, you think of them as like someone who's, it's their full-time job. But back then it was like, oh, you just make YouTube videos. Like it's, it's whatever, it's dumb. And I was following like nutritionists and uh, like sport performance uh, vloggers that would kind of go through what they eat, what they do, how they train athletes just because I was like obsessed with that topic and, and trying to like get the best out of that kind of, you know, those things. And then, and just weightlifters as well. And just kind of learning that um, side of everything. And I thought this is so cool to see someone with like a, a full degree in this stuff, talking about sports performance and showing what they eat and how they train and how they work out. And I'm like, this is so awesome. And I was like, it'd be amazing if there was footballers out there in the world doing the same thing, showing their off-season training, showing what they do, you know, whether how light it was, how heavy it was, if they're showing their food that they eat, preparing for a game. And I was like, that would be awesome. And then at this time when I was thinking about that, like I was training with Sacramento Republic and kind of also in that period to go over to Germany. And I was like, I, I wanted that so bad. And like, well, you know, I'm not playing in the Prem. I'm not doing this, but. I have a little bit of experience and as long as I go about it the right way and I kind of show like, this is my journey and not exactly telling exactly everybody what they should be doing. And I was like, if I kind of show my journey with this, I think it could be interesting to some people, hopefully. And it is hard to start because you kind of throw your, yourself out there. Uh, but I did. And, and immediately, like it was not, I shouldn't say that there was interest from like 20 to 50 people watching the videos which to me was crazy to think about. There's 20 to 50 people watching, even though I was getting 50 views on a video, it wasn't that crazy. But to me, I thought like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I just kind of stuck with it. It never stopped. And then now six, seven years later, it's kind of grown into this where there's a, a decent little following. A decent little following. What a, <laughs> what a guy. statement right there. Yeah, <laughs> wow. But uh, I wanted to ask you this and you don't have to answer if you don't want. But uh, I was going to ask, do you make more money on the YouTube than you than you have in your soccer career? Yeah, that's a good question. At it, yeah, it switched over when I was at Tulsa, I think. Yeah, where all of a sudden I was making more money from YouTube sponsorships, like all that kind of stuff, than from my actual contracts. I'm playing the USL. I'm not making millions of dollars. But uh, yeah. it, it was really cool to see that. And at one hand, I almost like struggle with that a little bit because for a long time I had on YouTube, like I adamantly, adamantly had said, like, I'm a footballer first, YouTuber second. And if any time this YouTube channel interferes with anything in my career, I'm cutting it off. Anytime, like I'm tired at late at night, I'm not stressing to get a video out. I'm going to bed. Anytime something's coming up and I'm worrying about whatever, it doesn't matter. Like I'm a footballer first, footballer first. And when it switched over and I started making more money from YouTube, it was like a weird thing of like, okay, well, can I still say I'm a footballer first YouTuber second when my income doesn't reflect that, you know, but I think as long as I keep on making that clear 
and that's what I want to do. And that's how I view my life. Like it's, I, I still view it like that. And still, even if it doesn't make sense financially to me and like my priorities, it does make sense. I love that. You literally just answered a question that yeah. me and Tanner. So we met before to kind of get our questions together. And I literally had a mm-hmm. notes said, we're going to ask you if you prioritize soccer or YouTube. And literally our question was going to be, we're going to give you the example of uh, if you know that you have to put a, a video out the next day, would you stay up late editing it? Even if you know that you have to travel the next morning for a game or something, but I guess you just mm-hmm. answered it, but I don't even, I don't know if you even know now, cause you said you're struggling with it. Like, I don't know if you know what you would do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm hundred. Like I'm strict bedtime at 10. If anything comes up with that, like, that's what I love about YouTube too, because I, I don't have a schedule and like a lot of YouTubers like, Oh, new video every Monday, new video every Sunday, whatever. And I have like a podcast as well. And for me, it's just like, I, whenever I want, like I'll throw up a video whenever I want. And as long as I hit, like I have little goals for myself to post like four videos a month. And as long as I'm doing that, then I'm happy with that. But even then, if I, if I go through a month and something's going on on or off the field where it, it changes, I have no problem just cutting that off for a full month, two month, a year if I need to. So yeah, so still like full, my career takes full priority over, over YouTube and everything. That's interesting. But uh, I wanted to, to ask like, kind of like how you started the channel. Like now it's, I've, I've seen now how it's become like a day and like, you know, you, you kind of follow, they, they come along with you for the games. Um, you do different things, analysis on your games, which I think is a brilliant idea. And then you do, you know, you do a bunch of different videos, but kind of before, if I'm understanding right, you did like technique and uh, different training drills, which you still do training drills, but uh, it's more like now, I feel like your, your football career has definitely helped you grow the channel in a different direction. But before, like you were starting with just like technique and, and different things like that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that like, cause it was hard. Cause as soon as you start YouTube, the first thing you do is like, okay, what's everybody else doing? And then that kind of sparks ideas for what you should do. And so on YouTube, it was like the free kickers. It was F2 freestylers. And then there was like some people doing some tutorials of like how to hit a long ball and stuff like that. And so at that point, I kind of was like, well, I'm not a freestyler. I don't just want to go out to the field and hit free kicks. I kind of like want to do more of the training side of it. Um, so I'll just start simple and do like what, what those guys were doing and just kind of film like how to hit a long ball and, and very tutorial-esque type of videos are very like um, five dribbling drills, stuff like that. And then when I was over in Germany, that's when it kind of sparked of like, okay, well, you know, I was watching those vloggers that showed their life and like, that's pretty cool. I am in a unique situation over in Germany playing lower leagues. It would be cool to show that, that side of it. And then that's when I kind of started to make the transition, but I still was like 50, 50 there. And then as like my career kind of grew and then as I signed my first uh, fully professional contract with the Orange County Blues and went on from there, it was like, okay, now I want to shift this to this perspective because I only have you know, my career to show this, I can always go back and film or go in the future and film five different dribbling drills or whatever. But I think it's a unique thing where there's not many other pro footballers showing their diet, showing their off-season training, showing their workouts, their fitness routines. So I was like, this is like a unique opportunity that I should take advantage of now. And then the future, when I'm retired, I can go and, and make that shift again to whatever is next. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think you you struck a gold mine. I don't, I don't really know if even you know like how many footballers you've touched. Like even me, um, I've been following your Instagram for a while now. And now when I uh, the wall the ball on a wall thing, I always think of you like just all you need is a wall and a ball. And you just I always think of that one passing drill where you had the the two walls in a corner, and then you mm-hmm. you pass it against it, and then you control it, and then you pass it against the next wall. I love that drill. Um, but That's yeah, awesome. actually actually back then. Uh, just a little side note. So we started this pod- podcast back in 2020. We, we recently just started taking it seriously. But you, we, oh, I DM'd you back in like March of 2020 to be on this, like right when we started. And, but I guess it was dumb because we DM'd, I DM'd your Become a Lead account, which you have a lot of followers on. So I guess you never saw it. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was funny because- uh, Damn, I just, I, I, just, again. I just ghosted you, huh? Yeah, honestly, too big time. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you, you what's funny is is like, I I, it's funny to hear it, but like I'm big on social media, but I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of social media, and I really don't spend that much time. Like even you know, going through and seeing your DM, um, recently, like I 
hopped in the hot tub. I hopped in the hot tub before every single training session. So I was just sitting in the hot tub and I probably check my DMs once a month. And cause I just really don't, I kind of post and then pop off. And the same with YouTube, I post and pop off. And I kind of, I, I was like, you know what? I should go check my DMs just cause you never know like what opportunities, interviews, whatever. Cause I like doing this stuff a lot. I really like doing interviews and podcasts and, and everything. So I kind of just randomly popped on that morning and you had messaged me like a day before. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, Joe, I, I know uh, Jonathan. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do this. So it, was, it worked out well, which I need to yeah. do. Like I need to be more disciplined, like going on and, and checking my DMs, you know? So you, you run everything though. Like you edit all the videos, you film everything, you run your Instagram everything yeah. yeah everything all wow. all the stuff. Mimi my, my wife will help me with some stuff like maybe not really she doesn't really help me actually <laughs> uh, I mean maybe like some she, she, behind the scenes she does a lot like she helps me set up tripods and she'll help me like get the right angles and she'll film a lot like a lot of the videos on YouTube if it's someone moving a camera and behind the camera it's, it's always Mimi but other than that really it's yeah I post everything on Instagram TikTok do the podcast youtube channel editing all that stuff that's a lot though i mean we yeah. we recently we recently like just got a, a editor and we kind of got a a social media like i guess what do, what, what do we call it manager, like a, maybe i guess like a manager <laughs> but like for us it was like obviously we were willing to take like the roles of you know editing and posting on all this stuff but for me at least that's not like why I want to do this. Like I like, I like getting all the people like you and, and having a chat and, and figuring out for the guests, like what they like to listen to and learn something from, as well from our conversation. But I, I don't like the editing. I don't like the, all the techie stuff and posting and trying to find the algorithm and all this stuff. So like one of our big things was trying to find somebody to do it for us and run it for us while we can just focus on us playing and then us doing these, the interview that the main, the main stuff. So I find it really impressive that you managed to do all that. Cause I know running our, our chum chat for the past two years has been, it's been tough. And we've come out with, you know, a little bit of merch as you see in the back, background and, and dealing with that as well, like shipping it out and running all the, the costs and everything. It, it was tough as well and getting the photo shoots. So I can't imagine like having like three or four pages and yeah, that's yeah, tough, bro. It, I don't know how it you gets do it. A lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. But again, like that's why it was so important to me. Like I'm sure you guys don't think of chum chat as like, takes priority over your careers you know but like it can you can see how the workload can just multiply over the years especially as you as you dump more time into it so like that's yeah. for me really important was like okay look I want to do a lot like I like all this stuff and then for me I really like editing and I like the, doing the drone stuff and I like all that kind of stuff behind the camera and the nerd stuff for the podcast and figuring out the microphones like I really enjoyed all that kind of stuff but I knew that I don't want to I could easily see how this would take over my career and all of a sudden I would be spending less time on stuff off the field than I needed to so yeah that was that was a big thing like I was like I'm going to do this all myself but again there's no rules of of what I need to do how much I need to post all that kind of all, all that stuff that I thought could take over and all of a sudden I'm, I'm worrying more about my YouTube channel than I am about my recovery did that ever hit you though like in your in your thought process of like you said your, you know, your income from YouTube was, was overtaking your playing. And does that ever come into your thought? Like if I posted six videos a month or if I did a little more, like I could, it would be easier for, for the long term. Or, or does that ever enter your brain or no? Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that a lot. Um, I think in the short term, if I'm looking like for my next this year, 2022's income, I think I could make probably way more money, double the money I'm normally making this year. If I, focused and shifted all of my time like even quit professional soccer and did 100% into YouTube 100% growing that you know even work on building some sort of facility and going into that full thing and and really focusing my time and effort on on being more strict putting out more YouTube videos more content more podcasts 100% in the short term but I think in the long term the best thing that's going to help that whole facility that whole the YouTube channel in general is the better career that I can have. The longer I play, the more experience I get, the more people I meet playing. So I'm willing to take the hit in the short term, even if it's 10 years short term of, of playing and developing my career and, and my knowledge as a player. And then I think once I'm all done, I'm, I'm fully done playing and I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Then I'll shift the focus and ramp up the, the social media side, the YouTube side, the podcast side. But 
and even for me too, I know when I'm like 50 looking back, I'd be disappointed in myself if I quit. I'm like, well, yeah, sure. I would made more money, had more YouTube followers and everything. But really what means a lot to me is like the experience of playing. Like, you know, playing is, is, is the best. Like when you reach a new high, play in front of a bigger crowd, get a bigger contract, move up a division, it's, it's, it's hard to replicate anywhere else, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. You can't sacrifice the playing career. No, mm-hmm. not at all. Not at all. And I just want to apologize quickly because I deceived you in the DM. I mean, this has gone over 30 minutes, uh, but there's so much to learn from you. Um, and I just want to ask, yeah. I guess we can keep this on or, on or off air. Um, obviously, you see us. We're kind of new to it. We're, like I said, we're barely starting to, I say, really kind of think about things. We're putting more effort into the questions that we ask in the interviews itself and kind of what we put out. What advice would you have? not only for us, but for young people getting in the game, you know, how do you know? Cause I feel like you, you know, exactly what's supposed, you know what I mean? You know, exactly what's going to hit. Like, how do you know that? Yeah. I, I feel like I don't like, it's funny. I feel like I don't at all. <laughs> <laughs> I almost have like the opposite about it, but I think the thing is, it's like, I do a lot of brainstorming like beforehand, like just on the title of like, what would I click on, you know? And it's, it's hard to balance that line with clickbait because you can clickbait and people get really mad and, and everything. And you have to have the content to back it up for people to be like, oh, wow. Because you want people to be that's interesting title and click on it or when it pops up on their Instagram page, pops up on a YouTube channel, whatever. But then you want people that actually get on that and, and after they click to watch the whole thing and be like, wow, that was sick. I want to see more from these guys, you know? So it's like both. And so I do a lot of brainstorming about what title and thumbnail should I do in order to to drive like an interest like for example i'm gonna film a video this afternoon about like five things i wish i knew uh before playing professional football and that was like oh wow if i saw that on youtube i would probably click on that just to see what a pro has to say about something you wish you knew before you signed this first pro contract and then i'm thinking about how to do the thumbnail but then i put like just the same amount of time into the actual like content to make sure it's really well polished and, and looks good and not just the the simple stuff where people are like oh yeah this is stupid you know oh I wish I would have trained harder I wish I would have slept more at night I want to do stuff where people like really think and it's it's more deep where it's almost like if someone like with your you guys's career if you guys were to watch that you wouldn't come away I'm like oh this is for kids I don't want to watch this it's like oh wow like this is this is important you know like one of the topics was uh like imposter syndrome. Like I, I, I struggled with imposter syndrome throughout my whole career thinking like I'm a fraud. Like I, I shouldn't be here. Cause I think my, my career wasn't that my youth career wasn't that good. And I kind of like, when I, once I got to the pro level, I'm like, well, I'm with all these pros guys that played in the prem guys that played in the MLS. And then there's me, like, I, I shouldn't be here. Like I'm not competent enough to be here. And I struggled with that my whole career. And then I kind of realized as, as I've gone through my whole career, everybody has those doubts and everybody or most people have those doubts. Most players doubt their abilities at times. Sometimes they're flying with confidence, but they're going to have moments where they're not 100% confident on the field or in training or whatever. And then like that was something I wish I knew when I was younger, that even these guys that have played at these amazing careers still have some self-doubt and still doubt their abilities at times. So like that's one topic and one point of my video. And so that's something where I'm like, okay, hopefully by touching on that, that's something that a pro, somebody with a lot of experience can get something out of it. And a younger kid can get something out of that as well. And that's something that hopefully then they'd watch that and not go, oh, that's stupid. I don't need that. And then go, wow, that video interests me from the thumbnail. And then I really got some value from that topic, something that like touched upon it. And then now is gonna affect my career in a positive way, hopefully and then go from that. And I think that's really how you grow. And then in terms of like hitting the right thumbnails or the right uh, content or whatever, I think it's just quantity. Like you have to put a lot of effort into it, but then just pump out videos. You know, I've put out like 600 YouTube videos and only like probably 10, 20 of them have gone like viral or whatever. So I think that it's just putting out a ton of content, a ton of quantity, but then also trying to focus on that quality of the content. So they stick around. Yeah. Shout out, yeah. shout out your yoga video. I swear. I've seen that on my recommended <laughs> like 30 times. <laughs> you know what's funny is that was one of the videos where I was like, I, I was almost said like, okay, I haven't put out a video in a while. What's something that I could do like relatively easy. Um, and I think a yoga routine would be good. I've never tried it. I've never really done it before. And then that was one that just popped off that I did not expect to really do well. So interesting. 
I mean, I, I could go on this conversation forever, and I know John said 30 minutes, so this is my last question. Um, but I just wanted to ask, uh, during COVID, obviously, I feel like a lot more people were on YouTube. A lot more people were struggling to find good training drills with one or two people. Do you think your channel, like, popped off during COVID? Did you see any, like, analytics that, like, made it take a next step or elevate you a little bit or no? Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't think it was anything crazy. I think, like, there was a bump, though, across the board. And I think that whenever, like, I think at the time I was probably getting, like, on average 30,000 views per video. And then as COVID hit and I kept on doing the same type of videos and vlogging my experience and my workouts and training and all that stuff, I was also putting out more content because there's nothing to do. But all those videos were probably getting like 40 to like 60,000 views. And so there definitely was a bump, but there wasn't like, oh, something went viral. I was getting a ton of like new people. It was just kind of like a, a steady increase over that whole kind of whole quarantine period. And then it just kind of kind of stuck around there. And I think there was definitely a dip as it kind of life went back to normal. But yeah, for the most part, it kind of just helped bump it up a little bit. And as far as time goes, I, like I said, my whole afternoon's free. If there's, if there's stuff that you didn't hit or wanted to talk about, I'm fine if, about that. But also I don't want to, I know longer podcasts can also be a little boring too. So whatever you guys want. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, no. I feel like I'm learning a lot. So I, either way we can yeah, cut same. to like the most important <laughs> no, but, parts, but yeah, uh, we, I still have a couple more. Um, first, well, we're going to ask our signature question. It's the most important thing. As you can see here, success defined is our whole thing. Um, so, and it's so interesting because when you think of success, you just think of everyone has a different definition of it. You know what I mean? So I wanted to ask you what your definition of success is and do you think you've achieved it yet? Yeah. So I would say success is the ability to do what you want to do every single day and to make like some form of living from that. And then just to be happy with your with what you're doing I guess that's that's pretty much it it's like just to be happy with your doing with, with what you're doing every single day and that to me would be defined as success I think because if you're because that's makes up a big part of your life you know I think well that I would say that would be like working success but I think overall success is just being happy with your life overall and because that's like what you kind of want to achieve no matter what just being satisfied and fulfilled and happiness I think is can be different and if there's a different I always talk with Mimi about like there's a difference between like short-term happiness or short-term um just joy that you get from stuff versus like long-term fulfillment and for me like I'm not exactly happy to sit down and spend eight hours editing a full vlog on my couch you know on a beautiful sunny day I'd rather be outside doing something more fun go to the beach but I sometimes think that like oh well the long-term fulfillment of my life of of building a YouTube channel and helping other people and putting out content that I'm really proud of is going to bring me that long-term fulfillment that will be basically be more happiness. Uh, and then for the work, like, I really think that it's really important to do something that really you're excited about every single day and working to make that your job, whether that's football training every day and becoming a pro, or if it's like starting a podcast, something you really love to do and, and growing that and making that your job. But I think that for me is, is, is success um but yeah i'd say that good answer do you think you're successful yeah 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 i i I would say so in terms of that um there's always you always want more you know especially as athletes like as soon as you achieve something you just want more as soon as you go up and get your first pro contract you want to make more money at a higher division play in front of more people have a bigger name for yourself you just want you're always thinking about the next step but i think for the most part in terms of that like i'm doing something that i love on the field every single day, off the field every single day, I'm able to um, make a living from that. And then I think I have a good balance of like long-term happiness, fulfillment of trying to reach those goals and then short-term happiness of being able just to go to the beach and hang out and go to grab coffee and kind of enjoy that kind of stuff. Transitioning a little bit into, into wanting more. I know we don't want to go over too much, but we got to talk about your goals. I know Tanner talked about going over them later on in the podcast. I think now's a good time. What are your goals for this year with your new team? Yeah, uh, for I, I think first is it's to win it all. I mean, every team's going to say that. I was joking about that with my teammates. It's like, oh, we never even went over our, our goals for the year. I'm like, do we need to? Like, you know what the goal is. It's everybody. You, you, do we need to sit around and talk about uh, that we all want to win a championship? That's Of course, that's the goal. But I think every team sits down and says that kind of like flat out. But I think for to be a little bit more um, – 
direct with it. I think that the goal for sure is to make playoffs. I think getting in that playoff berth of top eight teams, nine teams, whatever it is this year, I think that will really show that this team, especially with a new coach and new players coming in, that it was a successful season. And then hopefully having some sort of, of playoff run in the, off, in the postseason. And then for me personally, like my goals are always to be able to get on the field as, as much as possible. It's a 34 game season. So I usually have, I want to play 30 of the games. I've already now will not play one of the games this weekend, but uh, the goal is to play 30 games this season. And then again, to, to take one step higher from last year, I think last year I had two goals, three assists, two goals, four assists, and I want to have more than that. So I said three to five goals and I said five plus assists. Yeah. Perfect way to end that because last episode we started a little something we'd been talking about for a while. And so we're thinking about it and we think I've seen your goals. I don't know if it was just the excitement of, you know, scoring the goals, but you don't really have a trademark celebration, right? <laughs> no, Okay. <laughs> it hasn't happened enough in my career for me to have a trademark celebration. Okay. Well, we're started. We're starting. We haven't thought of one yet, but Tan had the idea last podcast of just getting our, all of our alumni to, to, to come together as a network and when they score goals, just just maybe do a little salute to the camera or something. And that'll be your sign that, you know, you're a Chum Chat alumni. You're showing showing love. So I don't know if you're down, but we would love to see that. And then we'll obviously get the video and, and plug it on our socials. That would, I think that would okay. be sick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll try to remember. Honestly, the last couple goals, goals I scored, I was just blacked out and just started running <laughs> up and jumping and, and all that stuff. So we'll see. Hopefully I can remember hey, that. It's fine if you don't, but hey, we just had to put it out there. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, one, of the, one of the last things also is we always ask our guests um, who they want to see on next on Chum Chat. That's a good question. Uh, I'd say, you know, bring up uh, Matteo Rattaccio. Has he been on here yet? No, he hasn't actually. No. Yeah, I think that would be, I think that'd be good to have him out here. It's a good I think that would be good. good that would be a class episode. But uh, no, we, we appreciate you coming on. I've learned a lot this episode and it's been a pleasure talking with you. And um following along on your journey I've, I've i've watched a couple of videos during quarantine that's why i saw I, I was watching some of the training vids and put in the work so you know i love what you're doing um i'll be following you all this year for sure i'll be staying in touch but uh i really appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us so thank you bro yeah no problem i appreciate you guys having me on it was a lot of fun thank you guys so much for tuning in i know you guys enjoyed it, it was probably a really long episode but if you made it this far thank you so much uh, obviously thanks again to Matt his Instagram will be plugged the whole time throughout the episode so you guys can go show him love all of his links will be in our description and um, yeah hope you guys enjoyed the episode and like we always say go find your own success deuces Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.